Hey, welcome back to the season three Breaking Bad Insider podcast. My name is Kelly Dixon. I'm here with my executive producer, Vince Gilligan. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> One of our producers, Melissa Bernstein. Hi. You're supposed to say yo, yo, yo. No. <laughs> and the writer of this episode, Jenny Hutchison. Hello. Melissa has been on this show since day one. Uh, she, uh, actually, uh, I'm glad you get to do one of these because uh, you've been a, uh, very much a behind-the-scenes force on this show since we were casting the pilot, even before that, since we were uh, we didn't have offices and we were borrowing your office uh, over at Grand Via Productions where you work with Mark Johnson, who's our executive producer. It has been an honor and a privilege. There you go. Well, well said. You were in our first uh, that meeting. Uh, it was you and me and Brian Cranston the first time we met with him to talk about uh, him, uh, the possibility of Walt, uh, Brian playing Walter White. Yes. You just kept saying, why don't you come to that meeting? Why don't you come to that meeting? So Is that what I said? <laughs> yeah. Well, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you come? It was in your office, after all. Yes. I'm not going to kick yes, you out was, of your own it office. It was part of my whole rental agreement. Ah. But I've known you ever since, because uh, you were working with Mark. Why don't you talk a little bit about how you came to this? Um, yeah, I um, the show, you know, switched hands from FX to AMC, and all of a sudden it just, it it just sort of took off that it was we were going to make this pilot, and that Vince Gilligan was going to direct it. So we literally just we just started kind of running for our lives, and I'm not sure that we've stopped since that point in time. That's true. You know what, though? This is kind of new. Um, I just want to say that, you know, this episode is called uh, I See You. Um, it's episode number 308, and we're definitely going to get into talking about this episode. But you know what? What occurred to me, I wrote down some notes um, that I wanted to talk about. And what's really cool is because you're in here now, and it totally plays into the fact that um, I was going to talk about the fact that, Vince, it's really cool because you've basically given, you know, some chances to some rookies. I was one of them. Jenny's certainly one of them, and Melissa and me, yes. is certainly one of them. So it's a group. that's kind of serendipitous that uh, that we're all three in here, and you know. So yeah. um, I guess my question was, "Where's um, my money?" Yeah, <laughs> I paid you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was gonna say. She made a T-shirt. Um, I was gonna ask Jenny about you know because it's a big deal to get a script. This is your first script, right? That's yes, correct. It is. It's your first script. You've been a writer's assistant on our show for how many seasons now? Uh, well, I've been here since the first season, but I was just working for Vince, I think, in the first one, and then I've been the writer's assistant for seasons two and three. And you and I go back a long way. Yes. Yeah, when yes. did we meet exactly? When was it? Um, we met in 1999 ah. <laughs> on The X-Files. That's right. Yeah, That's right. when I was a, Jeez, a what, little green you, PA. You were I did. I, did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was fresh out of college and fresh in L.A., and I was a PA receptionist at The yeah. X-Files, and then the next season I got to work for you. So I've known you since 11, God. Eleven years now. Yes. Wow. Did you steal her for John, from John Chivin? Well, uh, I didn't. St- I wouldn't say I stole Jenny. I was very lucky. You stirring the pot, are you? I was. Uh, I. Uh, I was very lucky uh, to to uh, to have Jenny come work for us at Breaking Bad. But I wouldn't say I stole you because at that point, because you had worked with John Chivin uh, on um, uh, at at his. Uh, Well, after X-Files, we went to uh, a couple different shows, and I followed him as long as I could, and then he went, I think he had a deal or something, so he couldn't have an assistant anymore, and so I floated around to various shows, and um, I ended up at Mad Men, which is how I heard about Breaking Bad pilot, and my Mad Men job was wrapping up, so I was like, 
how do I get on that Breaking Bad show? <laughs> so you are... At the very same time, Vince was like, do you think you could reach out to Jenny Hutchison and <laughs> yeah. see what she's doing? Why? Because I was... Uh, and I, I was, did. I was... Because, uh, you know, Jenny is just... I've, I've been a good friend and a, and, a, and a good person to be working with for 11 years now. Can't even believe it's been that long. And... Uh, yeah, so you're one of the few people, you and, and Kate Powers, uh, my wonderful assistant right now, are the two people who, who on our show who have worked on both big AMC shows. Yes. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I keep trying to get pry inside information out uh, about <laughs> Mad Men, but uh, you, you two are too... Uh, it's in the uh, vault. You're too professional to <laughs> yeah. give, give me any poop. Yeah. So. That's why we signed the blood oath. Yeah, yeah. yeah and there's the yeah. blood oath thing, so... Yeah. Anyway, but I'm lucky to have, uh, have these ladies working here, as am I lucky to have you. And Kelly and you, <laughs> Melissa. So uh, we're yeah. lucky to be here. Uh, yeah, really lucky. Um, I wrote down a couple of questions um, last night before we were going to do this, and one of the questions I thought of because we did something a little bit different this year. This year we we've basically kind of gotten a faster arc. We we've we've blown up in the middle of our season, mm-hmm. and we haven't done that before. And so um, I thought of this question. As a showrunner and a head writer on a season three show, um, how do you go about dealing with the pacing of a season? How does that come into play when you're first starting your working year, when you first go into the writer's room? Because, you know, like I said, we, we've done something a little bit different this year. We're, we're ramping up very, very fast to a blow-up that we just finished seeing last week. Right, right. And your, your, your question is, uh, how do we plot these things out how do we time these things out yeah i mean did was that something that you had decided you know at the end of last year that you wanted to do was that something that you decided to do this this time or i think jenny can second uh, what i'm about to say here because jenny's been this is her first episode as writer but you've been in the writing room with us since day one so you've been privy to all the all the uh all the machinations and all the plot contrivances and the beautiful drama the beauty yes <laughs> the beautiful drama behind the scene it's just we're making it up kind of Episode by episode, brick by brick, and week by week. And uh, I'd love to say that we had a plan. I had a plan for this uh, going back to last season, but uh, no. And and conversely, I don't want to make it sound like we're just sort of bullshitting our way through it. We're not, but it's the way you tell a story like this, wouldn't you, would you agree, Jenny? The way you tell a story like this is uh, you kind of have to take it day by day. You, you, you can try to have a master plan, but reality gets in the way sometimes uh, uh supporting actors who are part of your master plan suddenly become unavailable to use actually melissa can speak to this too or supporting actors are suddenly unavailable that you had uh, pinned high hopes on would be very important ongoing members of your cast sometimes you lose uh, a uh, location it uh, the house that jesse lived in for instance uh, story-wise, got sold out from underneath us, and suddenly we couldn't. Last year, we couldn't uh, shoot there anymore. Or our location becomes too expensive, and you know, as pr- as responsible producers, we have to find alternative places to shoot. That's true. That's true. So, so I guess Kelly, the answer is we're kind of winging it, and and but uh, the you know we're basing it all on uh, behavior, and and we're basing it all on 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 known behavior of our main characters are basing it all on their characters uh, as we understand them the character of the characters what they what their hopes and dreams are what their fears are we're, we're basing it on what their motivations are first and foremost Walt, Walter White wants to provide for his family and we start there 
and we kind of work out in ever-increasing circles from that knowledge. And, uh, and, and the, you know, I guess the other thing is we, we always want to, you know, our big credo last year was uh, go big or go home. <laughs> right. Plot-wise. And that's kind of yeah. always our credo. We said it a lot last year. We didn't say it in the room as much this year, but it's always yeah. there. It's right? more of a parenthetical this year. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's assumed. It's assumed. <laughs> It's assumed because you, you want to keep folks interested. You want to keep them watching. So uh, all of this long-winded way of saying I don't think there was a master plan to have a big plot development, uh, i.e., which you saw last week in Episode 7 with the giant shootout between uh, Hank and the cousins. There wasn't a, it wasn't a master plan to have a big plot moment in the middle of the season, but it just kind of worked out that way. And it is, it, yeah, well, I know when we ask you at the beginning of seasons when you introduce new characters, how many episodes will you need them for? And most of the time you say, I'm not sure. And, yeah. you know, and that's that's one of those things that we have to just kind of, you know, hope for the best and work with what we got and yeah. work around our actors' schedules because everybody's, you know, when they're guest actors, they're on other shows. and. Yeah, talk about that. Talk about booking actors. I mean, it's it's tricky sometimes. People have lives. People cannot make a living in a supporting actor role just by doing our show alone. Yeah, so. no, that's exactly right. And there's you know other series and there's other and you know pilot season that comes up. And you know what what's wonderful I think is that there's sort of a code among producers that we all try to help each other on different so, shows. On different shows. Yeah. So you know, and most producers do behave that way. And I think you know. Like, for example, Aaron Paul, you know, he's on Big Love. Yeah. He's one of our, our our leads. And, you know, we find a way to get him to that show. It's a great, you know, it's a great show. Aaron loves being a part of it. And they're really nice producers, and we want to help them out. So we do our best to do it. And, and we hope for that in return, because we have incredibly talented actors on our show that are desired in movies and in films. And, I mean, uh, Danny Trejo this season was, you know, he was actually – there was a movie being made, a Robert Rodriguez movie about him. Yeah, and I mean to try Machete to get, movie, isn't it? Something yeah. Like that? yeah, about him as in he's he, the lead. He's playing himself. He, or no, no, oh, sorry, but he's the lead. He's the lead from Grindhouse. Yes. Oh, cool. So and to you know and so we only needed him for a day, but even to get him for one day over at a point in time when he's the lead in a movie. You know, that's a challenge, but you know, it's one of the many things that we do that yeah. you know keeps us on our toes and. Well done. Good job. Yeah. Hey, Ginny, can you um, just describe to me, like, or to all of us, like, how what your day is like as a writer's assistant? How is that? How does that work? And how is it different from when, you know, Vince said, okay, fine, I'm going to let you do this? <laughs> fine, I guess I'll let you write a script. Uh... <laughs> no, tell, I'm just kidding. Tell us how that how that came about. But I think it, it I think people would like to know, like, what it is, you know, the, the writers sit around a table, but what is it that you do in what the writer's that room? Um, well, basically, I my day is pretty similar schedule-wise to the writer's day in that I am in the room, but I'm pretty much always in the room, and I have a computer with me, and I take down, I type up pretty much everything that they're talking about. Um, as close to dictation as possible, but sometimes you got to just you know, summarize and leave out the bad words, and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> or the pitches that nobody wants to hear. So, yeah, so I take down all that. I make sure that the way we, you know, the way we outline the show is we have a board with the index cards on them. And so I make sure that those cards are 
up there when that episode is done and we take it down I make sure that those are in a very safe and secret location um, and then at the end of the day I'll go through the notes I'll lightly edit them and I make sure all the writers have them and it's it's invaluable and I gotta tell you back when I first met you on the X-Files we didn't we didn't have that yeah you know, and, and right. uh, yeah, pretty much every it show. It wasn't the practice? Oh, no. Interesting. Yeah, it wasn't, the, not for us anyway. Other shows at the same exact instant were probably making use uh, of a writer's assistant, and we were not. I'm not sure why, but it's invaluable now. It's like, how do I have a TV without a remote control? I remember TVs <laughs> before they had them. It's like, why the hell do I need a remote oh. control? It's like, how do you live without one? Yeah. Now? But yeah. It's, uh, it's the same with writer's assistants in the room because there's so much... We talk about so much stuff, and a lot of it is BS, and a lot of it is important, and sometimes you don't instantly know which is which. And yeah. You, you need someone keeping, helping keep track and keeping us all on, or keeping us all honest, and or just helping remind us what it is we were talking about the day before or the week before, or sometimes three, four, five months before. So. That's that's another part of it is going back. What was weren't we talking about Saul doing something the other day, and I'll go back and I'll find it and. Um, if dialogue is pitched in the room, that's the big thing of making sure I get all the dialogue down because yeah. uh, writers, you know, sometimes they just can't remember what they were saying in the room. <laughs> the, the, the pearls that fall from our lips. The golden pearls. The golden pearls. <laughs> yes. So basically, like, do you, the like... Right I'm, there. Golden pearls. How that's a Vince be quote. better? <laughs> oh, I did say that. That's did a I? Vince See, quote, I forgot yeah. I said that one time. I, and Jenny also yeah. liaises with us in Albuquerque, um, Shell and Stu and I, you know, in and the office. I mean, because we're all waiting for these scripts with bated breath, <laughs> dying yeah. to move forward. And and you're sort of a linchpin, I think, with that whole process. Yeah, if a character, if we start talking about bringing a character back for an episode, I'll generally, heads with up. permission, I'll, I'll <laughs> give a heads up to our Albuquerque production team so they know if they need to start making inquiries. and Which is really critical. Because yeah. the more we can stay ahead of these things, or locations. the better we can do. Yeah. But, so... Oh, God, I'm sorry. What were you going to say? Well, I just, I, I should say, uh, then then maybe the question that arises is, why did Jenny get to write one of these episodes? Well, that was my next question. I want to oh, really? know, how did the big meeting go down? <laughs> I, I can tell you from my point of view that uh, just, you know, working with Jenny for 11 years and, and her being a friend of mine and her doing a wonderful job as, our, as first my assistant and then as our writer's assistant, you know, you can't lie and say it doesn't enter into it, but there's no way she would have gotten this script assignment if her writing hadn't been top-notch. And and it started with, uh, well, I've read your writing, I've read your scripts previous, your spec scripts for different shows, and I've mm-hmm. always responded very favorably to them. I always thought they were really well written. And then the other thing is, and this is where it gets tricky in the writer's room, the writer's assistant is always there uh, and is always a presence in the room but Jenny was always very respect, respectful about, you know, not necessarily throwing in willy-nilly. And yet, uh, every time you, you know, every time you came up with an idea, every, you know, at a certain point, you know, uh, a season or so into this, you, you'd, you'd, you'd offer more thoughts. And they were always really smart thoughts. And they would always be uh, appreciated by uh, certainly myself and all the other writers. And uh, you came up with a lot of good stuff over the Thanks. over a season and a half. And so it was just a process of getting to know how good a writer Jenny was and then deciding, you know, it's time to give her a shot. And she did a great job on this episode. This episode that you're seeing is what she wrote. And it's uh, and it's just really, really good. So we did Thank a great you. job. Yeah. Thanks. Sure yeah. Yay. Yay. Is it so, Jenny? From your from your perspective, how did that meeting go down? 
I mean, is that was there, was there a meeting per se? There is was it? there was a conversation that was just a hey, how about? And you were like, okay. And then, when when did that happen? Did that happen like before when you guys first started in May, or did that happen in the middle well, of the season, or did it happen two years ago? Did, when did it happen? Well, in season two, when I came back as the writer's assistant, I had decided that my goal was to get a freelance, and so. I spent that year working really hard to show that I could write and partici- trying to participate more in the room and doing the webisodes and giving you my other samples. Yeah, and, tell me about the webisode. You, uh, that was your first official writing gig, uh, first pay, writing for pay gig was actually not this episode, it was one of the webisodes. Webisodes, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, we had these webisodes and I had had a conversation with Vince in the second season just letting you know I wanted to be a writer, was there anything I could do to help show you I could do it. And you said, hey, we have webisodes. Why don't you try your hand at writing a couple of those? And so I did. And um, You those, did the behind the music? The, I did twat the hammer. twat hammer behind the music. <laughs> yes. And then I did the break-in <laughs> with um, Walt and Badger. Who a lot of a lot of these folks have uh, hopefully seen. It's, uh, I guess, available still on the AMC website. And, and on the DVD. And on the DVD. Yeah. And yeah. that was a re- very interesting writing experiment. Because that day, you know, we, we kind of threw them all together and shot them all in one day. And we got there, and that one just wasn't nailed down. We knew, the not the twat hammer, but because Aaron Paul was sick. So, like, yeah. everything kind of was up in the air. And Jenny and Vince were kind of, you were writing this on the day. Yeah. Like, hours before we I shot remember, it. I remember going by there because I was lending you guys my printer, and I don't live too far, so I showed up that night, and I remember seeing you guys, like, huddled on the couch. <laughs> like, and it was dark, and, you know, I remember yeah. seeing you guys huddled on the couch, like, you know, f- uh, uh, writing very, very fast, trying to trying to and get that down. That I think great. you handed off pages to Matt and Brian, like, 15 minutes before? 15, about 15 minutes before we shot it. Yeah. It was and, incredible. And, yeah. it's, and it was one of the funniest of, I mean, it was just a great, a great webisode. Like, it, it was this, a lot of comedy that was just, like, the um, rhythm between Brian yeah. and Matt was great. And this, you know, this, this, uh, I think, you know, your idea for it just was very organic and like, and it worked so well, but it was amazing to see you that focused <laughs> under so much pressure with actors standing around waiting, wondering, you yeah. know, what they were going to do next. So yeah. You did a great job under fire there. And Melissa, Thanks. you, you produced all those, uh, webisodes, did a great job. And, and, had, uh, and John Chapman directed. A lot of help. Yes. Wow. It was uh, really well done. And Kate Powers did one and That's Suzanne right. Potts did one. That's right. Um, and Vince did one. Yes. Yeah, it was it was fun. It was uh, it was like uh, going back to uh, film, film school. school. <laughs> it was like yeah. film school because they were made for I would say zero money. They were made for like eight hundred dollars for the whole <laughs> the whole day. Yeah. I mean, it definitely was, it was, felt like it was it, like yeah. a student film. All yeah. Those yeah. As an assistant editor, I have a lot of friends who are assistant editors. Like when I was an assistant, and I'm sure as a writer's assistant, you know a lot of people who are writers assistants. I, I, I would yes. think. Or you know a network of writers' assistants. They don't associate. Yeah. <laughs> and as as a producer's assistant, you know. But I'm just curious. At what point do you kind of say, "Look, I need to get this, or I'm gone." You know. I mean, I've been in that position with other with editors I've worked for. Um, right before we, uh, Lynn Willingham, who I was working with at the time, came to do Breaking Bad, I was uh, working with her on Without a Trace, and we were doing the second season, and it was like. At that point, I was like, okay, if Lynn doesn't leave to go do a pilot, I'm going to have to leave to go do something else because I need to get I need to get a shot. So when Vince was talking about 
you know, you guys talking about that. Have you had to do that before as a writer's assistant, left somebody else just to move ahead? Um, I haven't actually had to at this point. I mean, I've, I mean, with this, I, I made it, a, I'm, my point was I was going to do the best job I could to show that I was ready for this script. And until I had done that, there was no way I was ever going to say, well, I need this or else because I have to believe I've done the best I can, right. you know? And so that's what I did. And I talked to Vince and he said, yes. Yeah. So at that point it never entered right. into it. And it if he had here, said yeah. no, then it probably would have been a, okay, well, what more do I need to, to do, do to show you that I can do this? Is that something that comes up with a lot of people that you know, though? I mean, I know it comes up with editor's assistants all the time. Yeah. And does it come up with producer's assistants where you oh. just kind of have to kind of deviate from your path, even though you've got a really good path? Absolutely. You know, yeah. and you yeah. have to, and it's hard because you're, you're starting over, basically. Yeah, and, and yeah. rolling the dice, and yeah, no, it's and it, it that's a scary point in one's career. But I think most people get to that point where they're ready to, you know, they that where they know with what you because when I met you, you were Mark Johnson's assistant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it's uh, and it is scary, and because there's a point in time where you know what you want, and 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 you got to feel like you're ready to contribute on that level. Uh, and I, I think Breaking Bad was my opportunity to do that actually because you know I mean Mark was true to his word and you know let me after working for him for two years let me you know try my hand at, as an executive but it was Breaking Bad that allowed me to really you know contribute in a meaningful way for Gran Villa because you know because Vince let me I mean you know where I got to participate in you know in all of the staffing you know we hiring the rest of our producers and our UPM and the casting meetings and hiring our casting directors and all of that was something I'd never done before and you know and yeah. you know it's that's an exciting time and a scary time and it's really great because Vince you've like really been so great in taking chance on rookies and you know I think we've all like we've we've all hit some out of the park for you, I think. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't take a lot of chances, though. I mean, I, 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 I no, I mean, no, I mean, no, I mean, I, I mean, uh, I would, I would put it that uh, I would word it a little differently. I, I would say that uh, I recognize uh, talent uh, when I see it. That's I, so sweet of you. No, but I mean, uh, it's not, it's not, uh, you know. And I'm, I'm fortunate. I've, I'm working with a lot of really wonderful, smart people who are enthusiastic and have a lot of. Energy and I, I mean it. I, I'm not being nice. I, it's not about taking chances because uh, you know you try to reduce d reduce risk as much as possible. You know, and certainly in this business and in any business when there's millions and millions of dollars on the line. <laughs> you know, but uh, I think uh, like with with you, Kelly. I uh, you know you were uh, Lynn's assistant when I met you on the pilot, but you showed very quickly uh, how good an editor you were. So it wasn't that big a risk to hire you as our third editor in season one. one. And uh, same with Melissa, same with uh, Jenny. So it's not it's not taking risks. It's just uh, recognizing uh, uh, important uh, potential assets to our show, you know, whenever they present themselves. I think it's great. I mean, I appreciate it, but I also think it's kind of rare, and I think it's... You know, you've done it, and I think it's... Yeah. Thank you. Well, it's good you're very welcome. I, I appreciate the flattery. I, I just, uh, you know, it, it, there is a, uh, there's a big upside to it, which is that, uh, <laughs> well, just 
no point in lying about it. Uh, folks starting off are cheaper. <laughs> yeah, we're all cheap labor. Yes. But but is but uh, you know it'd be it'd be dishonest. Well, we weren't it'd cheap for long. No, that's true. That's true. And, and none of you will be cheap for long. You're already not. Damn it. But uh, it'd be disingenuous not to mention that. But also, uh, folks who've been doing it for a long time do it their way. And uh, and not to say you folks don't do it your way, but I mean we're all kind of you kind of embrace the way we do it here. So that, keep that's it, always helpful. Try and keep it fresh. Yeah. Um, now let's get into talking about the episode, Jenny. Um, why don't you uh, talk about how it was on your first day as uh, a writer in the writers' room? Now you're not taking notes anymore. Now you're actually having to do the deal. And, and how was that? Was were you nervous? I was nervous. I was also really excited that I could wear my watch because I wasn't typing all day. So, um, no, it was it was it was a little nerve wracking. I had my notebook. I had my ideas. Um, I was in there, enthusiastic, and uh, you know it was great. It, I mean, we break every episode together. The writers do, and so you're never you're never alone in that room. You're you know you always have this group, and I knew that that took. That took a certain amount of pressure off of me because I knew I had this great team who was there to help me, you know, outline the best episode that we could. And so that, I think, was really, really the biggest help for me is knowing I wasn't by myself. And how long, once you guys finished breaking it, how long did it take you to write it? I think I had uh, two or two and a half weeks. Two weeks to write it. You have a better memory for it than I do. The whole yeah. the whole end of the season's a blur. To it's me. a blur. Yeah, <laughs> that, I guess that sounds right. Yeah, I yeah. got about a week to do the outline, I think, and then I had about two weeks to write it before I had to turn in my draft to Vince. And then, how brutal was that meeting? It was not that bad. It was not that bad at all. <laughs> Were um, you nervous? I was so nervous. I mean, you know, Vince is one of the most talented writers I've I've ever worked with and I obviously wanted you know you want them to walk in and be like it's perfect don't change a thing and that's never gonna happen ever 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 um, but you just want that because you want to impress them. And but, but by the way, that never changes. I no, mean, it doesn't. You know, it never <laughs> changes if you're, if you're, I don't know who, if you're the world's biggest writer, period, end of story. Whoever you give your script to, you're going to want that reaction. That never goes away. Yeah, so. yeah. So, um, but no, it was great. I mean, obviously he had notes, but he was very complimentary and supportive, and we went through the script, and he gave me notes, and I did my revisions, which was great. He had me revise things, and it was not as painful. Uh, act two was the most painful act, and other than that, I think it was fine. Why is that, you think? I think I was just, because we had done, we did them each day, we did an act a day okay. with notes, and I think the first day I was just getting over my initial, like, okay, I'm in the notes process, and the second day I was like, I'm the worst writer ever who ever lived, and then on the third day I was like, no, this is how it always is. So. Uh, it, is. it was Part just the, the morning pro- coping process. Yes, it was the, you yeah. know, neurotic writer process. Yeah, yeah. So. No, no, I'm with you. I know what that's like. And, and it is, it is, you, you didn't go through anything that uh, the other writers don't go through as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Because I got a good bunch of writers. Jenny yes, included. you do. I, I'm, I'm lucky. <laughs> Big time. Big time great writers. Okay, so, um, you know, we had we had a, an interesting realization in this one. This was a tough one for you to tackle um, because we have to make Walt realize what's going on. And we don't, we don't have characters in the same room. So that was a tough one. Was that a tough one for you guys in the writer's room? Tough one to write. How did you... Uh, attack those hurdles. We were kind of dreading this all season long, weren't we? <laughs> yeah, I think we were. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in the sense of, you know, this is a different kind of a year for us, as hopefully every year is a different kind of a year from every other. But, uh, you know, this, 
it, it's a tricky thing when your when your audience is way way ahead of your your main character, and the audience, uh, you guys listening to this podcast, have been way ahead of Walter White all season long, because Walt, unbeknownst unbeknownst to Walt, you got these two crazy uh, Mexican uh, hit cartel hitmen after him for the whole season long, and he does little does he know they were actually in his bedroom when he was showering back in episode two little does he right. know the near misses how close he came to getting an axe in the skull and uh so we knew at a certain point obviously it, it, it stands to reason at a certain point we'd have to let the other shoe drop and let walt know uh just what was going on what we the audience already knew so this was this is a big big episode one of the biggest of the season when you think about it because this is the moment this is the episode the moment resides within this episode where he learns uh, the truth about uh, all this stuff or starts to learn the truth at least yeah yeah and it was I mean it was hard to dramatize because we didn't want to have a scene where he we talked about having scenes where who does he talk it through with does somebody fill him in and we didn't want to do that so we had his one scene with Jesse on the phone where you see his mental process a little bit because we had to have something I think and uh, then obviously the cousin scene is very visceral and he's so clearly keyed in on Walt from Walt's perspective so it was kind of balancing that the idea that this was going to be such a big thing that happened that Walt has to realize something's going on and then sort of trying to dramatize a little bit of Walt sort of mulling it over and thinking it through yeah yeah exactly yeah I mean it's it's tricky Sorry, it's all out there for a minute. <laughs> and, and really satisfying, though, like for me as a viewer, to you know, to catch up and to see, and for Walt to see how much Gus knows and how how screwed he really is. He, yeah, it's a relief when your hero finally kind of starts to clue in. Yeah, and it's because we, you know, you're right. What you just said. I mean, it's it's like we we talked for the longest time about. I mean. Because the audience doesn't want to slow down just to catch up the main character. So we talked about, you know, do we have to rehash all of this for Walt? Right. And one of the things we came up with I'm so proud of, and you did a heck of a job writing the actual scene, and, and uh, was the actual how Walt figures it out or, or what the dawning moment, what the impetus is, the dawning moment uh, is, and that is this cousin <laughs> crawling out of the bed on his stumpy, uh, on his bloody stumps, and with hate in his eyes and crawling toward the uh, Was that wall. you? Did you come up with that? That, no, that, I mean, that, that's a Vince Gilligan. Oh, okay. Patented, <laughs> you know. Was it me, though? And I'm not being disingenuous. Um, you know, I should say right now, so much happens in the writer's yeah. room where it is like a group mind, and I'm not being yeah. disingenuous. It, so many <laughs> things that happen in the writer's room, I, I lose complete track of who said what, and I, I wouldn't even be sure it was me. Uh, and and it really is where, you know, it's like a group mind. It's and it, which yeah. is a cool thing in and of itself that well, we all yeah. kind of think like one but brain. Sometimes. That is scales. People say something and then somebody adds to that and adds to that. Like I don't know. I mean, there was the and he's got the stumpy legs and he's looking and I don't you know because it I, might not have been who, me, yeah. through, who came up with the idea, but it sort of builds and builds and builds. Yeah, it's but like I yeah. just always like to credit you with all the like really gross ideas. So <laughs> well, and this is one that he called. Uh, it, you know, called us in Albuquerque to say, guess what we came up with? Yes. <laughs> this yeah. is what's going to happen. We, we were is... all very proud. Yes. I remember that. Yeah. That was one of the, yeah. you know, that was something you were excited enough to call us to walk us through. Yes. Again, no pun intended. But it's, uh, it's, 
you know, it uh, it was a heck of a it was a heck of a sequence directed very wonderfully by Colin Buxy, our excellent director. This is the yeah. second episode. He did two twelve last season, which Kelly edited. Yeah, that was the one where Walt White watches Jane die. Yeah, that was Phoenix. I'm not on the set that often anymore. I was so lucky to be on the set, and I wasn't on the oh. set unfortunately for any of episode eight here. Uh, but I was on the set for watching Jane die and Walt uh, watching her die, and that was uh, that was some amazing acting. Uh, Colin did a great job on that episode. Did a great job on this one, and uh, yeah, talk and a little bit. Somebody about... Somebody you guys you know from Night Stalker. That's right. I met Colin Buxy way back when I, I wrote one episode of a short-lived ABC TV show called Night Stalker, which is of course a remake of the original Darren McGavin Night Stalker. My friend Frank Spotnitz created the remake. And uh, he hired Colin Buxy to direct an episode, and I happened to draw Colin when I wrote my one freelance episode. And Colin just really hit it off with him. He did a really wonderful job because that was an episode that took place all in one room. It was what we call a bottle show, pretty much all in one room, a couple other scenes elsewhere. And this, this episode, while episode eight, Breaking Bad, is not a bottle episode, it is a, uh, for our show anyway, a somewhat uh, quieter, more contemplative Type episode that takes place. The majority of it takes place in in a hospital. Yeah. So uh, and a lot of phone conversations. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> and but just really interesting stuff. And and it's not sometimes not that easy to direct that kind of stuff and keep yeah. it visually interesting. And I think Colin did a wonderful job. And of course, what they're talking about because of you is a lot of fun stuff, a lot of interesting conversations, and yeah. and and it's just uh, yeah. So no and Colin um, I mean to his credit lobbied uh, there's a phone conversation where Gus is talking to Bolsa and we shot that he's walking outside of um, Los Pollos Hermanos it's a night shot and it's I think really beautiful yeah. and it's something actually that had been scripted to take place inside Interior, and, yeah. and this was something yeah. that he's like we're inside so much like mm-hmm. you know let me shoot this out here I think it'll add a lot you know just in terms of the you know how dynamic it'll be yeah. and, and, and I think he was right and I think it was a sort of a scene worth fighting for. He was definitely right, but speak to them about uh, what that means because it's you know you could say well gee just everybody walk outside and we'll shoot it outside. Yeah. But it's a lot of money. No, night, they used a, a crane in that shot too. They come down yeah. with a yeah. crane. In no, there. It, it's it's not a small deal. It's you know we, because you know we we have Gus's office which which is actually a set. And when we shoot on our sets, it's cheaper. Yeah. Um, and going outdoors and going to a location is a big deal. But we were going to be there anyway. Yeah. So he want he said you know his pitch was let's let's take advantage of that location, and and in you know and it's all sort of horse trading that goes on with the directors where you know you feel really strongly about one scene you know and you're more flexible about another scene and you know we had an added challenge that episode as jenny will remember that you know there was snow and we we had uh, the shootout from 307 and in that and we we literally pulled this episode up a day and shot it and started shooting a day early so that we could keep a sort of a sunny day clear for yeah. Episode three hundred seven. So Jenny, her first episode of television <laughs> yeah. was literally we did early. Yeah, yeah, was sort of Had one day into less it. prep. Yeah, yeah, and then made up for that prep. We made day. it up. Yeah. yeah, but that's tough. That just shows uh, what an old pro uh, Colin Buxy is, and how you rolled with it very nicely, oh, being yeah. the being the new pro. 
Yeah, and, we went uh, through the script and figured out with, uh, and Stu gave us suggestions, and we all kind of went through and said, well, yeah. I think we can do this and this and this, depending on actor availability. Well, what would be the least, yeah, yeah challenging yeah. and, and, and uh, demanding? Uh, yeah. I didn't want to do it, I remember. I didn't want to have to jump at a day. But you guys, I mean, not nobody did. It's before. not ideal, yeah. but, but I think we made the best of. Yeah. And then, of course, it turned out not to snow out. Yeah, no, the weather was perfect. Snow. Goddamn weatherman. Which is, uh, yeah, I know. Production. Yeah. <laughs> it was a freaking blizzard, and it was... No, but it didn't and snow. Total, and it, oh, it totally uh, cleared, though. It, it that cleared. Day, it yeah, was, it cleared. It was sunny. But it, it didn't snow, snow the day that we ended it. Yeah. The day we were shooting. The day we were shooting, it would have been just fine. Yeah, the day we were shooting, it was fine. Okay. No, no, no. And, you know, there's no right call or wrong call about something like this because uh, you can't know the future. you you got to take your best knowledge, your best information at the time and, and make a educated guess. Yeah. But uh, it's just one of those things that goes on behind the scenes that, you know, yeah. keeps it fresh. Yeah. Hey, can you guys talk a little bit about the visual effects on this where with the legs and the... Well, this, that, the, the big scene here with uh, <laughs> Stumpy McGee jumping out of bed and yeah. crawling on his bloody stumps. Yeah. And this was, was Daniel who had never acted, the cousin who had never acted before. Yes. Uh, Daniel Mankato, uh, one of our two cousins who, uh, unlike his brother who has made his living, I believe, as an actor for a while now, mm-hmm. uh, Daniel uh, has not acted uh, before, to the best of our knowledge, right, and did a wonderful job. He when you his... cast those two, though, did Lewis just come in and say, I have a brother, or how'd that work? It was our casting directors, uh, Sherry oh, okay. Thomas and Sharon Bialy, okay. who we were looking for actors that looked alike, that could play possibly twins, brothers, and Sherry and Sharon knew Lewis, had him come in, and uh, and Lewis told them that he had a brother, and so they're like, bring him in, yeah. and they, and you know, they, you know, gave us uh, sort of shot, full sh- body shots, which, you know, and these guys, as we've talked about yeah. before, very um, complex tattoo works. No, I'm just no. kidding. Yeah. Oh, we got, we got a good look. Yeah. <laughs> Well, speaking of that, I mean, uh, this, that's a new thing for the business relatively within the last 10 years, five years or so, is uh, it used to be on the X-Files, we'd actually have our casting person, actually on the X-Files, we had our casting person in, an, in, in one of our offices on the lot there every day of the week, mm-hmm. and we would walk to his office, Rick Milliken, really good guy, we'd walk to his office and watch, you know, actors audition yeah. on, on audition day for whatever episode we were prepping. Nowadays... I've never actually been to uh, Sharon and Sherry's office. Yeah, uh, no. and they move around all the time. They I don't know what show they're doing. So. I used to yeah. deliver Rick It'd be Milliken's hard to find mail, them. by the way. Yeah. Rick's a good that was, guy. That was my first job in oh, Hollywood. Shout out to Rick Milliken. I hope he's doing I, well. I, I delivered his mail when he was an assistant. Really? Yeah, he was an assistant to some other casting director. And that's it was just like weird small world. He's a good guy. He's I I, I we have Brian Cranston on our show because of Rick Milliken. Rick Milliken brought in Brian Cranston oh, for a drive for the drive that X File episode that I wrote, and uh, we have Rick to thank ultimately for Brian Cranston being on uh, uh, Breaking Bad. But our two wonderful casting ladies on Breaking Bad, uh, Bialy and Thomas, uh, I've never been to their office, and nowadays everything's on videotape, and they'll audition actors in their offices, wherever their office may be, because they do move around from show to show, because there's no money for uh, all-encompassing overhead deals like there used to be, you know, right. in, in, in TV and in movies, and uh, so you got to sort of make do, and then they uh, upload the uh, videos of the actors onto the internet, and we watch them over a uh, secure website link, and uh, yeah, we never even meet most of these folks until you guys meet them on the set, and sometimes I, I never do. I, I even, some of our wonderful supporting actors I don't meet until the uh, rap party at the end of the season 
which is kind of a sad statement, but it well, is, that's it, the way it is. And yeah, you kind of get the short end of that stick because it is incredibly satisfying to see these actors on tape and then have them show up and so thoroughly embody the roles that they've taken yeah. on, yeah. like David Costable, yeah, and who where you don't you've, you you have no idea who you don't have a full idea of who this character is until these actors take them on. Yeah. And, yeah. Or at least we don't. Because no, we're, we're outside of your process in the writing well, room. Yeah, because we had we were actually casting Gail when I was writing this episode. Is that right? Yeah. And yeah. when we saw uh, David's audition and were like I, we think he might be the guy and then we ended up casting him it like really helped click in my head yeah. who this guy was <laughs> yeah. for the scene because I wasn't I wasn't originating the character yeah. so but yeah, no, that actually was a huge, tremendous help to me to have. He's him the guy in my who head. plays Gale. Gale better. Gail gets fired in in your episode. Yeah. Poor Gale. I really yeah. like Gale. He's a David, really wonderful character. It's like kicking to a puppy. You know. <laughs> David Casabal, who I'm sure we have talked about in a previous webisode, <laughs> or what the hell are we doing? Not webisode, podcast, podcast. But uh, uh, wonderful, wonderful actor and a real pleasure to work with. Named uh, after the uh, uh, wonderful uh, director of uh, low-budget westerns in the late 50s, uh, Bud Bedecker. Great director uh, of old Randolph Scott westerns, who I would highly recommend you go rent the Tall Tee or Seven Men from Now if you haven't already seen him. Great director, and that is Gail Bedecker's namesake. And uh, although Bud Bedecker, who used to be a uh, uh, actually a bullfighter in real life, uh, is really nothing like Gail Bedecker's character. It's only the name we borrowed. It's not the character. Gail is a very, uh, his character is a very sweet and sensitive and uh, uh, interesting uh, young man. Played very ably by David, who's a wonderful, wonderful actor. And really isn't, not really like uh, Gail that much in real life. No. Yeah. No. He's just a very good actor. Uh, and I don't know, did we talk about um, that Peter Veneers shot this show? Another rookie. Although I don't think he's a rookie. He's done it before, right? Yeah. yeah. He's Man, pretty, sort of. He, he got a shot. He got a shot this it's year. A very, we're very That's lucky cool. to have such an experienced camera operator in Peter Rainier's. We um, got a deep bench on this show. <laughs> as they say, right? Is that you're a you're a you're a baseball fan? That's, yeah. That's, we got a deep bench on this yeah, show. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Peter Rainier's is our B camera operator, and uh, uh, they call him the Dutchman. <laughs> Isn't that right? I know you do. No, no, no. They, <laughs> no, they do. They do. They, 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 but he's a great guy. A very funny guy, and he. Uh, I call him Mr. Rainier's. Is that what you That's do? how he likes it, yeah. 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 Do you know what I call you? Off air. What was I going to say? The uh, Peter shot this Peter episode. shot this episode because Mike Slovis, our wonderful uh, full-time DP, was prepping to do episode nine, which you folks listening will hopefully be watching uh, come a week from now or however many days from now, episode nine. Very wonderfully directed by Mike Slovis, our DP, and and because you can't prep to direct an episode and shoot an episode at the same time, it's absolutely impossible. Peter, our B camera operator, stepped up and did a wonderful job, shot the heck out of this thing. It looks really, really good, and uh, yeah, we're lucky to have him, and lucky to have Colin Buxy back, and lucky, 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 lucky to have uh, this be uh, uh, Jenny's first episode. Yeah, it was great, and having Colin and Peter, you know, who are totally just so professional and know what they're doing was really very nice to have, yeah. you know. And, and oh, that, in that key scene you talked, you mentioned earlier, Kelly, that I don't know if we got to answer your question, but with the cousin crawling, yeah. um, I mean, that was a real group effort in terms of our crew. We had our special effects team, our stunt team, and a visual effects group 
all contributing to make that sort of what it appears in the episode. Because you hired an amputee stuntman. We did. Yeah, talk talk through. Uh, there's a lot of different pieces in there. So talk, you guys talk through because you guys were there. Talk through uh, how that was done. Well, there there are a number of dis- different pieces, and and we tend to test all of our different. El- we try to come up with a. I think a strategy and then we start to play with it and end up sending you tests back you know from Albuquerque to Los Angeles and you guys see what you like and we end up tweaking things but all of the different pieces were were you know there's a lot to them and I think uh, our special effects team worked on a bed uh, with holes in it Mm -hmm. uh, for our uh, for our real actor Daniel to to lie in and it was very and they were so detailed in that we wanted to make sure that the legs that they really looked like someone's legs were there. So, I mean, we worked on what the angle would be for the, you know, for the stumps to make sure that it looked like, you know, it was something that had honestly happened to this. Right. Were his legs bent <laughs> way backward? Were they bent way back underneath? Um, I, I mean, think they were a little bit, actually, because, it, you know, you see under the bed, it, mm-hmm. it's pretty clear. So it was within yeah. however, you know, However, the width of the bed itself. So I don't think he was completely that bent back, but painful. they weren't hanging straight down. Yeah, I don't think. I bet you that. So. I bet you that didn't uh, that didn't feel good for long. And he had the green tights on, um, under, you know, for for the portion where he's jumping off of the bed. Yeah, because we can remove those in in post production. We just you know make a you know like a a color mat which removes anything that bright green in the picture. Yeah, it's. I think there's. They can do anything now, though. They don't even have yeah. to have the green stockings, but it makes it easier. It used to be blue, and it used to, and now yeah. it's green. But yeah, it it makes it easier to use a color that is nowhere else. Nowhere else in the frame. Yeah, yeah. It it helps autumn. Jesus, we you know what we really ought to do. We ought to get some of our great, like Matt Beck did this did this particular visual effect. Who's Who a, you guys know from the X Files? That's right. Matt uh, actually even wrote an episode of the X Files. He's a very talented Which guy. Which one? Uh, Wet wired. Oh, when Scully went crazy. Yeah, season, uh, late season. Which one? Three, four? Season three, late season three. It's the first episode that John Gilnitz appears in. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, Look that up. But, uh, (laughs) um, uh, yeah, so uh, visual effects in this, uh, and then uh, special effects. Yeah, and even in terms of the the special effects department built the bed, and and also, you know, we had a few different strategies with the blood. Yeah. wonderful uh, blood trail that's yeah. coming yeah. off of this, this poor yeah. man's leg. He had like a little explosive device that would pop the little blood packet yeah. so that it would come out right at the right moment. Yeah, we have knees. an outtake yeah. where it busted out all over yeah. the floor. Yeah. <laughs> we had that and we also dressed it in in other takes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there are, you know, a lot of these things that were sort of, were, were on the run. You know, these are, this was yeah. a, a very challenging episode yeah. as they all are. As they all are. And, yeah. you know, we're, we're sort of running for our lives as you like to say, Vince. And it was, I mean, so, yeah. you know, we're working on what's the floor surface going to be because we we can't we don't have time to do full scale resets yeah. so we have to do what is repeatable and and what works and you yeah. know and there was a, I think a lot of people contributed to making this because I wanted shag carpeting in there but you, you told me no. yeah no it's got to be it's got to be easily cleaned up like you were just saying you you put blood down for take one and then you get it the actor you know necessarily gets it all over his costume then you got to put on Another costume. You got to clean off his skin. You got to clean off the floor. You got to. It's just man. It's hard a lot to do of this stuff on an eight-day schedule. Yeah. We should have one of these things where we talk about special effects and visual effects. That that you know a lot of you folks already know this stuff. Maybe but for those who don't, special effects and visual effects are two different things. Special effects refers to all of the on-set 
actual real life effects in camera, in camera or, or, or in front of the camera, physically existing things like blood packets and uh, like last week when you see a guy get shot in that wonderful shootout M Michelle McLaren gave us, you see a, a squib go off in somebody's chest and a blood packet explode and it looks like a bullet hit. Those are special effects. There's a real range to it though. I mean, even in the first episode, it. the explosion. That like that's, was a, which could yeah. have easily been thought of as a visual effect, the way, you know, considering how impressive it looks, is actually a special effect. Good point. Uh, we're hearing uh, through the grapevine a lot of folks thinking that that was a visual, uh, visual effect. That was indeed a practical special effect with our two cousins being, I think, no, no more than 60 feet away from that thing when it blew up. So all that stuff flying through the air was not added in digital. That was all real. <laughs> and even um, the pizza toss is pizza something toss, that yeah. our special effects team has a hand in. Not a visual effect, nothing, no yeah. trick to the, uh, the yeah. trick. I mean, a lot of uh, sort of experimentation again. But our special effects team put a little disc inside the pizza yes. to make it more aerodynamic. Oh. Is that what it was? Oh, that's then cool. Brian to give it Cranston. some heavy, a little yeah. bit heavier. Yeah, and then Brian and won't, like flop over, huh? Yeah, and then Brian. Brian somehow he's just very athletic. Yeah, no, the there is a, a lot. <laughs> we got we got lucky too. So. Well, you know, before we wrap this up, I just want to talk about the show titles. You know, there's a lot of people who think that uh, since we had the little uh, code in the show titles last year, that you're doing it again. I read not too long ago that. I guess I don't know who does it or somebody publishes all our show titles and they appear somewhere on the web mm -hmm. and people, you know, are we love it because fans are really, really searching this stuff out. Um, but uh, uh, they, I read somewhere where they said, oh, the show title for number eight is I See You. That must refer to Peekaboo. And I thought it was kind of interesting, but I thought, no, I, good try. But, you know, can you guys talk about the I See You? Because I remember when we first got... When I first found out the title, I thought my assistant wrote it down wrong because it's actually written I-S-E-E-Y-O-U. And I thought it was just I-C-U, like, uh, what is it? The abbreviation yeah, for the for intensive care Intensive unit. care, yeah. yeah. And um, I thought it was great because I was like, that's not right. That can't be right. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, um, well, it was... ICU as the abbreviation was sort of the original pitch for the title and I had kind of argued to do it spelled out I see you because I liked the I as an I, I S E E Y O U Y O U because I kind of like the sort of double meaning of it because I feel like this episode has a lot of people realizing mm -hmm. things you know Gus reveals to Walt that he knows you know about his illness he knows about Hank being his brother-in-law, he sees these things. You know, Walt, it's the first time that he's sort of seeing that Gus is a bit more of a power player than he thought. You know, the cousin who for seven episodes has been pursuing Walt, mm -hmm. you know, doggedly trying to find Heisberg, finally sees him. So I kind of, I don't know, I, I liked sort of the double meaning of I it. I think it's and, great. And I mean, it is kind of funny that they think that it's, you know, along with Peekaboo, I see you. Yeah. But you know, I mean, that's a good try. You know, thanks for being. That's thanks a, for looking. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. No, that's a smart. Uh, uh, I don't know, making connections there. Unfortunately, we're. It's unfortunately, I hate to disappoint anybody. Not not the case in this case. But, when uh, when you do titles, do you guys all throw out ideas for them, or how does that work in the writer's room? Um, not always. Sometimes a writer will pitch a title with their script, and then sometimes, and then I'll, sometimes they'll come into the room with ideas, or we'll all put our heads together. Last year, it was much more of a concerted group effort than this year, I think, because last year, as as, as folks listening may know, uh, we know we we had the uh, hidden hidden uh, clue 
you know, uh, 737 down over ABQ, which, which you know, uh, we're not doing this year. I don't want to leave anybody on. We're not doing that this year. Uh, so, uh, but by all means, keep finding those connections, whether they really exist or not. God bless you for looking. You know, it's fun doing those kind of things. We just don't like to repeat ourselves. Yeah. We don't like to do the same thing twice. Yeah, having said that, uh, you know, I do appreciate how, how fans uh, – do take to that and, and look for those connections. Look to make those connections. Thank you, guys. It means a lot to us that, that, that you folks uh, are, are digging the show as much as you are. And, and uh, God bless you. And thanks for watching. And uh, You do it. Do it. Let's go. No, no, you do it. It's you your thing. It. You, you, you do, do it. Do your thing. Do your thing. Let's go break bad. <laughs> <laughs>